0: love him. Thank you dear God. Thank you dear King. Lord you are great and mighty. Lord you are great and mighty. Lord you are great and mighty. I love you Lord. Mm -hmm. Thank you Jesus. Everybody said praise the Lord. If you have a Bible, first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis tonight, Genesis chapter 37. Chapter 37 and verse 2. Genesis 37 and 2. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and with the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. I'd like to just minister for a little while tonight on Don't Panic. It is a subtitle, When Joseph Was Seventeen. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. In this first book of the Bible, the book of origins, the book of beginnings, the book of Genesis, we have a, a young man, just 17 years old, and uh, he's got brothers older, and they're not happy because they, they notice that the father favors Joseph gave him a coat of many colors and and uh, he loved Joseph more. And uh, there was something about Joseph to love. He was spiritual and was godly and uh, seemed to be of an upbeat personality. And uh as God began to talk to him when his brethren wouldn't talk to him, God began to talk to him. And as the Lord talked to him, he began to speak to him in different ways than the, than the normal channels, if you please. He began to give him dreams and insights. And in his youthful exuberance, his happiness is bubbling up and over. And you know, the Bible did talk about, about your first love. And he had that first love excitement and zeal about him, Joseph did, and uh, and he was acting like it, and uh, it just made them madder and more jealous and envious, and uh, so they concocted a plan, they conspired, and they decided that they, they would... Uh, Get rid of Joseph. You know, sometimes people get rid of the, possibly the most important thing in their lives, just because at that time, they can't see it. They don't envision it. They can't see past the end of their nose. And some of them got some pretty long noses because they're mighty nosy. But, uh, Joseph had gone down to check on the brethren because his dad sent him, and he obeying the orders of the day, he headed down there, and you know, calling him a dreamer, you could pick that up pretty good because a fellow saw Joseph and he was wandering, (laughs) he was just wandering around, he had gotten lost, he didn't know where his brethren were, he he, uh, just got lost in the countryside, and uh but yet he, he wound up finding out where they were at. and, and uh, So they take him, and they, they were going to kill him. But Reuben, the eldest, intervened. There is some good to be said about Reuben, isn't there? Aren't you glad that if you do it wrong and say it wrong and think it wrong, it doesn't mean that you're all wrong? Okay, God... God sees good. He's very much aware. of. It's like one fella told my pastor one time, he said, I'm too bad to get saved. I'm too bad to get the Holy Ghost. He said, I've, I say it wrong, and I, I, I talk bad, and I this, and I that. And my pastor said, well, he said, do you believe that God hears you when you say it wrong and use wrong words and so on and so forth? And the guy said, yes, I do. And he said, well, he said, okay. He said, just remember, when you say it right, he said, God hears that too. And so God sees the good. And God's aware of it. Reuben stood up as the eldest of the brethren and he said, no, no, let's not kill him. We'll, uh, we'll throw him in a pit. And Reuben intended to go back and get Joseph, rescue him out of the pit. Thank God the pit didn't have any water in it. And, uh, and so, unfortunately, when he went back to get him, Joseph was gone because the brethren had taken him. And when they spied out a a band of merchantmen, Ishmaelites, heading down to Egypt, and so they sold Joseph. They sold their brother. That's pretty harsh. It's pretty cruel, pretty mean-spirited. And uh, I'm sure Joseph was like, I'm not feeling the love. <laughs> heading down to Egypt, locked up in handcuffs and manacles and maybe a cage uh, by these Ishmaelites, and they Envisioned big bucks. You know, they could sell him as a slave in Egypt. And that's what they did. The Bible teaches that Potiphar, who was a captain in the king of Egypt, Pharaoh's army, that he he bought Joseph. Now, that was the best deal he could have ever made. Because he didn't just get Joseph. But he got the Lord. Because the Bible said that the Lord was with Joseph. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, so it brought, it brought great blessings to Potiphar's house and once again though you're going to have to understand something not everybody is going to be happy about you coming to God you hear me new King? not everybody's going to be happy about that there's going to be people that frown at you and look down on you and criticize you and, and have all kinds of mean and ugly words to say, but don't panic, don't panic. The Bible said that the Lord was with Joseph in Potiphar's house, and and pretty soon Joseph was over everything. He rose to prominence, and he was being used of the Lord to be a bright and a shining light in a land that was filled with darkness. And a house that was filled with deception and unbelief, and uh, as he continued to let his light shine, well, you know the devil—he—he he wasn't through, and so he—he he stirred up Potiphar's wife, and she got to looking at Joseph and said, mm, "That's a mighty fine-looking young seventeen-year-old man," and uh, or I say, young man, and. Uh, So she tried to seduce Joseph, and Joseph just ignored her and went on about his business until finally one day, when she kept on, he told her, he said, you know, he said, the master of the house has not withheld anything from me but thee. Everything else he's put under my hands. He's trusted me with it. And if you can show that you can be trusted with a little, the Bible teaches, then you can be, you will be trusted with much. If you can't be trusted with a little, then there's no way that you're going to be trusted with a lot. And so Joseph showed himself trustworthy. There were characteristics that were being developed in Joseph, and it is written in your Bible during the days of our Lord's flesh on earth that he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Now you know when you're going through the suffering part of it, it's you're not thinking that way. It's like fasting. You're thinking, when is this going to be over? You know, when can I have something to drink and something to eat, or whatever else there might be. You you just, when's this going to be over? And uh, and Joseph found himself going through this battle, and until finally she arranged for everybody to be out of the the house which was probably a small palace. And, uh, and when Joseph came in to do the normal things that he would do, she began to pressure him again. And this time he decided to run, Joseph run. And in running, she grabbed his outer garment and held on to it, and he just let it go, and he got on out of there. You know, sometimes there's some things you got to let go of. And, 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 and devil, you want it, you keep it. I'm out of here. And uh, anything you leave behind, don't worry about it. God can replace that and more and more. Amen. 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 Yes, He can. Yes, He can. There's not anything but what God takes out of your heart, out of your life, but what He's going to replace it with something better. He's not going to leave you empty when God's Spirit moved upon the face of the deep, and it was empty, it was void, it was full of darkness. But when God's spirit moved, he said, let there be light, and there was light. Oh yeah, when God looked at that chaos and that turmoil, all of the crazy relationships, all of the mixed up thinking, all of the failures and the shortcomings and the disappointments, and God said, let's put some order to this. Let's get this fixed up. Let's, let's take this house and get it empty and get it swept and get, get it garnished. Let's fix it all up just right. And that's what God does in a life, my friend. If you'll let God work in your life the way he wants to, and don't be looking at oh, what all God's taken out of my life and what all I'm losing. You're not losing anything good. You're losing the bad. You're being delivered. God is saving. God is delivering. God is changing and converting you for the good, for the good. There was something more that Joseph needed than that, than that scarf or that outer coat, and he wasn't worried about leaving that behind. There was other things he didn't want to leave behind. And uh, he determined not to. And so as Joseph went on out, well, you know, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. (laughs) And so when she calls in all the men that she would put out, she calls them all in and she starts telling them how that Joseph came on to her and Joseph is mocking her, making fun of her, making her look bad. Well, then they start mumbling and grumbling. Ah, we knew that guy. Yeah, we knew he was a fake. We knew he was a phony because they were jealous and envious of his elevated position. He was an outsider who'd come in, a slave at that. And and yet now he's he's the number one guy. So they never liked it. So they waited for the master of the house to get home, and they all pounced on him and told him all about it. And she was boohooing and crying crocodile t- tears and, you know, just laying it all on. And uh, so what was there for the master of the house to do? But to take Joseph and lock him up in prison. And so we kind of roll in after that to Joseph, just 17 years old and, you know, getting into a few months of his 17th year. And uh, now he's in jail. And, uh, but you know, he didn't panic. I never read where he panicked. I don't read where he fell apart because it it got a little, you know, push came to shove and uh, couldn't see the sun, the moon, or the stars for a few days. Hard to reckon my direction right now. Blessed is that person, be it man or woman that trusts in the Lord. Joseph just kept right on. And sure enough, he became the number one dude in the jailhouse. The keeper of the house recognized something. You know, you just can't hide this Holy Ghost. You just don't want to take this light and shove it under a bushel basket and put it under the bed somewhere. You don't want to do that. You want to get it out on top where it can shine and everybody can see it. Let your light so shine. Live this life. Be that child of the king that you're called to be. Oh, yes. And So it was recognized once again by somebody in leadership role. And uh, Joseph became, whatever there was to do, Joseph became the doer of it in the jailhouse. He stayed busy. He was industrious. He wasn't going to panic and let, let anything get him down. And so as he went about doing whatever needed to be done, be it small or big, time came that uh, a couple of new prisoners got delivered to Pharaoh's prison. The king of Egypt got all upset one day and he said, let's take the chief of the butlers and the chief of the bakers and uh, throw them in jail. And so they were there. Well, they're all glum and they're all down. Well, why shouldn't they be glum down? They don't have the Holy Ghost. They don't have God in their life. They don't have anything to be happy about. So if you wonder why some people treat you mean, remember, they don't have anything. They haven't got anything to be happy about. Everything they're involved with winds up being a, a bag with a hole in it, you know. It just runs right through, and they're empty again. All their plans and all their dreams and all their big talk amounts to nothing. And there you are, just smiling, even under adverse adverse circumstances. And, you know, Jesus would do good things all the time. He went about doing good, healing all that were sick and oppressed of the devil. And, you know, here's a guy one day, and his, and his arm is all withered up and, and. Uh, he uh Jesus sees them and they're all upset with Jesus because they keep saying you're doing you're doing bad you're you're uh healing people and doing good on the Sabbath day. You're not supposed to be doing that. You're breaking the law. Well, Jesus gave them chapter and verse to justify what he was doing, but that wasn't good. You know, chapter and verse for some people isn't good enough. It should be, but for some people it isn't. And I'm going to tell you what, if, if they can't believe one or two scriptures, then they're not going to believe a whole bushel full, you know. And uh, so Jesus sees this man, he says, hey, he said, let me ask you a question. He said, which one of you guys, that you're a brand new hot rod, 32s, and you're a big amplifier thumping with the bass. And it goes into the canal. Which one of you not going to get that out of there, be it the Sabbath day or otherwise? (laughs) Brother, he knew. He knew what motivated some people. That's when you hit the key of M for money. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And so uh, Jesus looked at the guy with the bad arm. And all of them staring at him. And Jesus said, stretch forth your arm. (laughs) Stretches forth his arm. Healed completely. Miraculously. Gloriously. Wonderfully. And they, these religious people, the Bible said they were filled with madness. So much better to be filled with the Holy Ghost than to be filled with madness. You don't want to live your life all mad with a frown. And, and wind up with ulcers or something because you're so mad and you're so full of all kinds of hate. So much better to get filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and get joy and happiness. Joy that's unspeakable. You get some jumping up and down happiness about you. something that you can retain. It's not going to go right through you and be gone. It's going to be, it's going to abide with you. Yes, sir. Jesus was baptized. He came, to be an example, fulfill all righteousness, his flesh coming straight way up out of the water. It's like, come on, I, take note, sit up straight, get your minds paying attention. I'm fixing to show you how this is done. And Jesus was baptized. And coming up out of the water, the Spirit descended upon him in the form of a dove, and it abode upon him. This is to stay with you, friend. This is oatmeal. This gets in and stays with you. This is meat and potatoes. This is going to make you strong. This is going to make you happy. This is going to be with you day in and day out. Amen. It's going to be with you in circumstances where you feel betrayed going to be with you. Joseph was just 17. Yeah, Wasn't too many months into it. And the Bible teaches that that the chief butler and the chief baker, they were so down and out, so sad, and and Joseph saw it. And that that one didn't take a lot of discernment, you know, because their lower lip was playing vacuum on the ground. They were just down and out, and understandably so, as I said. So he, he says, uh, I mean, when you look at people and they're not doing you right, you really don't have to ask yourself, now what's wrong with them? Everything's wrong with them. <laughs> Everything's wrong with them. <laughs> Everything. You once were that way. You once were like that. But now, oh, now you're washed in the blood. Now you're filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now your sins are all forgiven. You have a new lease on life. You have a second year. You're born again. Woo! There's a brand new you walking in those shoes. Amen. Amen. Thank God. New patterns. New ways of thinking. Growing in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're not running to excess of riots. Any longer. Not any longer. So, the butler and the the chief of the butlers and the chief of the bakers. They begin to tell Joseph that they've been put there by Pharaoh. Pharaoh was mad. The king of Egypt's mad at us. And uh, so they each had a dream. And the, it was the butler that spoke up first and told Joseph. And Joseph said, okay. He said, here's the deal. He said, three days. He said, Pharaoh's going to restore you to your position. And You once again will serve him his glass of beverage, chosen beverage. And then he listened to the chief of the baker's And he said, well, here's your interpretation. He said, three days. And he said, Pharaoh's going to take your head off your body. And uh, that's the way it is. And do you know the thing about it is that that's the way it was. It really does separate things, doesn't it? You know, the Bible tells you if somebody says a certain thing, it's going to come to pass. And it doesn't come to pass. That you, you have to make a mental note there that they're a false prophet. And, and you, better, you better watch yourself. You better keep your distance. That's no place to put your faith. That's a bucket with a bunch of holes in it. Yeah. So Joseph looks at the butler and he says in full confidence, 17 years old, he says, "When you uh, get restored," he said, "Remember me. Remember me. Make mention of me to the king of Egypt, because I am unjustly in this place." You know. Well, it went just like Joseph said. Pharaoh had a feast day, and it was, we're going to release somebody from prison. So he said. Let's bring back the chief of the butlers and let's execute the chief of the bakers. So that's exactly what took place. And as most predictable, the chief of the butlers forgot all about Joseph. Just erased that. Just forgot about it. Now, you know, only 17. But don't panic. Day after day after day after day after day after day after day. day, 365 and a quarter days went by. And then we start on year two. Two full years Joseph was left in that prison. While Mr. Butler was dancing around Pharaoh's house. Oh yeah, we're looking good, we're looking good, we're looking good. Joseph's down there at the jailhouse, all forgotten about. But, you know, not quite, not quite. Don't you ever think that your Heavenly Father has forgotten about you. Don't fail to realize that there's a plan there's a plan oh yes there's a plan two full years Joseph's now 19 and counting (coughs) and God says Mr. Pharaoh you're not going to sleep tonight now this guy's in a king size bed he's got Egyptian cotton for sheets Thousand thread. He could play slip and slide on those. Yeah, <laughs> and, and uh, he's got pillows galore. And he tossed and he turned. The bed didn't feel right. The sheets didn't feel right. How they couldn't feel right, I don't know. But they couldn't. They didn't feel right. The pillow. He pounding that pillow. Doesn't feel. Feels like a rock. He's sweating and he's cold. He's walking the floor. He's got insomnia now. This man is the king, and he is not happy. And you know when the king ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. (laughs) So the king starts complaining as the butler, bringing his cup, realizes that pharaoh's not looking very good this morning, and, oh, boy, I don't want to get banished again. And he says, uh, how are you? this morning, King? I'm not good at all. Why aren't you good this morning? What's wrong? You want another cup? He says, I've had a dream. He said, in fact, I've had two of them. He said, and I called in all the magicians before you ever got here with my cup. What took you so long anyway? And he said, those idiots couldn't tell me nothing. Well, that's right. That's what we're trying to tell you. Religion and salvation are two very different things. Religious people just get mad about all kinds of things that aren't in the Bible. Get all hopped up about things that aren't even in the Scripture. And they totally ignore what is in the Scripture. It's like God said, but you say. God says, but they say what it boils down to. I don't want what they say. I want what God says. Thus saith the Lord. I want that chapter and verse. I want that word of God. I'm going to be able to put my finger on it right there and say okay, that's why I'm believing what I'm believing because it's right there in the Bible and I'm going to get it in subject matter, not piecemeal here. I'm going to get a nice complete picture of that subject that we're talking about. And so so you know what happened? Ding, da, ding, 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 ding. Old oh, Mister Chief of the Butlers, bong. And it wasn't nothing to him. It was nothing but God. And god got a plan. And Joseph is trusting in that God and that plan, because he had been in there two full years since he had the, was given the interpretation of those dreams, and commissioned the chief of the butlers to remember him and mention him. Two years, two years, brother. And the butler said to the Pharaoh, he said, oh, oh, wait a minute. And he recounted how he was in jail. You put me there, Pharaoh. (laughs) And uh, while I was there, I too had a dream. And I told it to this young man. He wasn't but he wasn't but 17 then. Oh, man, he must be 19 by now. <laughs> yeah, because of you. Not really, because God had a plan. And God's never late. His timing is exquisite. Now, you can you can wrestle with that. You can argue about that. And you can fuss and fume about that. But I'm telling you, God knows exactly the right time. You hear me? How great was it when God. They came and told Jesus and the disciples that Lazarus had died. And the disciples said, pack the bags, load them in the trunk. Time to go. Jesus said, hold your horses. Give another day or two. Let this marinate. Let it soak in real good. Ain't no problem. He's just sleeping anyway. Well, they knew better than to question and talk back to Jesus. Do you? So, two days and Jesus said, okay, let's go. Saddle up. They headed down the road. And you know what happened. Martha comes out running her mouth. You talking about a case of diarrhea in the mouth, friend. She had it that day. She's just going after it. If you'd have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. <laughs> ah, he'll live again. I know he's going to live in the. Re- oh, you love the know it alls. They're so busy talking; they're not learning anything. <laughs> and Jesus, said, Jesus said, "I am the resurrection." And with that in mind, let's let's go check out Lazarus. And uh, meanwhile, Mary. Sat still waiting. Thank God for somebody that can wait on the Lord. It's not always the easiest thing, I'll grant you. But it's part of growing in grace and knowledge. That's what you learn through the two years, the two full years. You know? And, uh, well, when they brought Jesus out to the gravesite, and Mary's saying, you better hold your nose. Not Mary, or Martha. You better hold your nose. You better hold your nose. He stinketh now. Four days. But Jesus took care of business, didn't he? He took care of business. Timing was perfect. He did it just like it needed to be done. Brought about the right results. Well, two years had gone by, and God gave Pharaoh a dream that shook him out to his toenails. And now we got a butler that's finally woke up, and he's told him, the young man back there. He told me, and as he said it, so it came to pass. That's the real punchline there. Oh, friend, Joseph not panicking. Joseph just going about doing what he's supposed to do in the jail. I don't mean he didn't want to get out of there. Sure, he did, but he wasn't panicking. He wasn't chomping his fingers nails down to his elbow. He was not panicking. He was trusting in God. God's with me. God's going to work this out. No time for self-doubt. You know, no time for doing some kind of inventory on all the things I've said wrong, thought wrong, done wrong, and acted wrong, okay? God knows that. but He also knows all the things you've done right and thought right and acted right. And he weighs it all out in the balance. And I like what he does with the bad stuff. He just washes that away because we're living in the right time, aren't we? We're living in the time where the blood of Jesus Christ in water baptism Will give you full pardon and forgiveness of all of your sins. Amen. And you come up out of there, whoo, I am clean. I am my, my life is now about to really start. Amen. And then he fills you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Oh, friend, you're talking about that. Now that's something you want to relive over and over and over again. And uh so you, you can go ahead and rehearse that one every, every day, all day long if you want to. And they sent for Joseph. And don't you like it? It said that he shaved. It's in the Bible. That's what he did. He shaved. And he uh, broke out the Sean the, uh, John and the Rock Aware and all that stuff, or Ralph Lauren, if you like him, or Tommy Bahama, whatever you like. And he got all duded up. He strolled into that palace, and he looked that king of Egypt in the eye, and that king of Egypt said, I've had two dreams. I hadn't slept. You see these bags under my eyes? He said, come on now. I heard you can interpret dreams, and boy, Joseph didn't. He's 19 years old now. He didn't bat an eye. He said, God's the one. God is the one that gives the interpretation. God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. He's going to calm your still your waters till they're still. He's going to take care of the raging waters in your life don't take care of that for you. Now go ahead and tell me what you dreamed. Well, Pharaoh told him what he dreamed, and then he told him the second dream. And Joseph, I, I never read where he hesitated, you know. You didn't have to go calculate anything. You know, the Bible said you don't have to worry when you find yourself confronted in situations that the Holy Ghost in you is going to speak. You don't have to premeditate it in your mind, what or just settle it in your mind that the holy God of heaven and earth is going to bring the answer. He's going to give you the words. And that's what happened. Joseph began to tell him the dream you had, two dreams is actually one dream. And he began to give him all of the information that he needed. Joseph didn't panic. I'm trying to tell you, in this 21st century where there's wars and rumors of wars, where the news that you listen to on the radio and read about in the paper or the magazines, that uh, you can you can let all that get in your system and you can begin men's hearts failing them for fear of looking after the things that are coming upon the earth, the powers of the heavens gonna be shaken. The earth gonna be I mean the earth is going to rock to and fro like a drunken man, and that the, the uh moon is going to turn to blood and the sky The sun is going to be blackened out and and the, the stars are going to fall from heaven and the heavens are going to roll together like a scroll. There's going to be a lot for people that don't have what we have to panic about. But not you. You don't have to panic because you're reading the book. And you know what's going to happen. You know what's going to take place. And you know the God of the book. You have that experience. You're in the church. You're in the body of Christ. And everything you've gone through and endured has prepared you for just such a time as this. And we're living in that time, friend. So don't panic. Jesus said, get in the boat. We'll go on the other side. He got in the boat and fell asleep. That's what your Bible said. He got in the boat and he fell asleep. And... uh I guess it' reminiscent of when he went to the city of Samaria and sat on the well, being wearied with his journey. Well, he got in the boat and he he just crashed. And next thing you know, here comes a a storm. For them, unexpectedly, shouldn't be unexpected, should it? You've been around long enough; you ought to know. You things are going good. Look out, Satan don't like it. He wants to rock your boat. <laughs> he wants to rock your boat, friend. Amen. But you This is where you're going to develop. You're going to develop strength. You're going to develop Holy Ghost muscles. You're going to learn how to talk to God. You're going to learn how to read the book. You're going to learn how to truly worship Him in spirit and in truth. You're going to learn to be faithful in your attendance and in your tithe and your offerings. You're going to learn how to to be on time for outreach and everything else the church is doing. You're going to be a full participating member of the body of Christ. You're going to learn these things, and they're going to make you strong for the time of storm. They're going to help you in the time of your difficulty. You hear me now? And you're going to learn obedience by those things which you suffer. And so you just hang in there and keep telling yourself, God's got a plan, and it's a good plan. And God's got a good ending for this thing. God's gonna bring me out of this storm. And don't you know they woke him up? Man, I imagine he was sleeping soundly and it was just all resting. And they woke him up. <laughs> and they said, Don't you care that we pass? The boat is filled with water. And them experienced fishermen. And I imagine one hand he's yawning, oh, Lord. Quiet down, quiet down. Oh, oh yeah, that was a good, oh. ah! Quiet, peace. <laughs> and the disciples sat back and they said, what of man is this? He said, even the elements obey him. Well, how much more ought we to then? Yeah. God help us to obey him. Help every one of us in the battle with our flesh and the devil to obey him don't panic don't panic don't panic it's all going to be okay everything's going to be all right you know what the the Jamaicans say where's my Jamaican Jamaicans everything's going to be airy. it's all going to be good it's all going to be all right okay okay everybody said hallelujah give God a big hand come on Amen. Amen. Well, Joseph lived to be a lot older than 17, and he became the number one man in the land of Egypt. And everybody had to come to Joseph if they wanted anything because he was a man with the keys to the storehouse. You better believe me when I tell you. Don't you know you've got the keys to the kingdom? Don't you know you have the truth? Don't you know you know Acts 2.38? John 3, 5, and one God. Don't you know you understand about holiness and godliness and righteousness, peace and joy? You know these things. You've got the keys to the kingdom, my friend, when the rest of the world is playing hopscotch. You know what you're doing. Amen. You know what you're doing. Come on now. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Everybody said praise the Lord. I feel a good spirit. I feel good in the Holy Ghost. Come on. And I need to feel good in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Come on. Don't cry me a river. Sing me a song. (laughs) Woo! Hallelujah. Let's come and gather in, shall we?